Hi there, I'm Janet Quinlan, and this is Finding Joy in Motherhood, the podcast for women who are looking for practical tools and words of encouragement to create an orderly, joyful, faith and virtue-driven home. I'll share tips to create mindset shifts that change the way you discipline your children, love your husband, and enjoy your day. This podcast is about coaching women to be the best woman God is calling her to be. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, and welcome to episode number 175, The Danger of Love Languages. So I decided to do this episode today because I coach a lot of women and a lot of women are feeling like their husbands don't show them that they love them. And when we get to talking, uh, especially if I kind of catch them off guard and I say, well, describe your husband. And they will say beautiful things about their husband, how he does this and that, and he's very responsible and all these things, but they don't feel loved by him. And when we talk about why, it's usually because the way their husband thinks he's expressing his love for them is not the way they want to have love expressed to them. So what are love languages? This comes from Gary Chapman. He designed the five love languages. uh, And love languages are just different ways that we express and feel loved. And since we feel love a certain way, we often assume that our spouse also feels loved that way. But very often, the way we like to feel loved is different than the way our spouse likes to feel loved. And so when we express our love the way we like to receive it, but our spouse needs something different, we're like ships that pass in the night. And we don't feel appreciated in the way we're expressing our love, and our spouse doesn't even notice that we're trying to express love. And he doesn't feel loved. So looking at the five love languages, I'm just going to go through them if you're not familiar with them. The first one, acts of service, and that's when you value when your spouse goes out of his way to make your life easier. This is where you think actions speak louder than words. So helping with the children, helping out around the house, those are acts of service. The second one is receiving gifts. People whose love language is receiving gifts enjoy being gifted with something that is both physical and meaningful meaningful to your spouse and reflect their values, not necessarily yours as the giver. So if my husband has something that is really meaningful to him and he gives it to me, it doesn't mean anything to me. So it's not just a mere matter of getting things. It's receiving gifts that mean something to me. And of course, giving the gift of self is the most important gift that we can give to our spouse, whether that's our top love language or not. The third love language are words of affirmation. These are like verbal acknowledgments of affection, including I love you and compliments and words of appreciation, maybe verbal encouragement, and Often in this digital age, texting and social media engagement where people say nice things about us or a husband texts us, I love you, or I'll be home soon. Those can all be words of affirmation. 
The fourth one is physical affection. And that would include kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch, just sitting next to each other. Maybe it's just reaching out and touching the arm of your spouse while you're talking to him. And I think most people might think it's all about intimacy in the bedroom. And while that's part of it, it's not all of it. Because physical affection uh, manifests itself in many different ways. And so we have to recognize that just because we might enjoy intimacy doesn't mean that physical affection is our primary love language. If we like when our husband comes by and, you know, kind of um, touches our back or holds our hand uh, or likes to be close to us, that's physical affection. And then the last one is quality time. And this love language is all about giving your undivided attention to your spouse without distraction of television or phones or maybe even other people. Um, it's just one-on-one time where you connect, uh, you know, physically in the sense that you're in the place doing something together. You might connect eye to eye, you have eye contact, um, but you are spending time together. Okay, so remember that just because you like to receive love in a particular way doesn't mean your spouse likes to receive love that same way. And a danger in identifying your love language is that you create an expectation that once you communicate to your spouse what your love language is, he'll just fall in line and do those things. So first of all, let me back up for a second. If we have not gone through the love language thing together with our spouse, we may think he just knows I like things, he should do it that way. Our spouse can't read our mind. And oftentimes, we fall into the trap of thinking, well, if he loved me, he would know me and he would know what I need. And I just want to tell you, that's just garbage. If I love him, I'll help him know me. It shouldn't be a guessing game. It shouldn't be something that, you know, we, he has to figure out. We should let him know, help him know what you like and need, but don't make it a demand. He may or may not get it, and then request it again with love and understanding for him that his inaction to your first request doesn't mean more than just inaction, forgetting or not having something that comes naturally to him. So your spouse cannot read your mind. Communicate with him. So the next thing that we come to is how can we love our spouse? Well, we have to be curious and empathetic. Ask him what means most to him. I definitely don't think that we should limit the way we show love to our spouse or to our children to the one predominant love language, but see what he says. So when I was preparing this episode, I asked Michael, what is your top love language? And he said, you know what it is. And I knew that his top love language is quality time, but I asked him, okay, what other ways do you like to receive love from me? And to my shock, really, <laughs> my shock, the first thing he said was, well, not words of affirmation, because I never received them much as a child and they don't really mean much. And I was stunned 
because I knew he had not received them as a child. And so for 39 years, I thought that giving him what he didn't receive as a child would be a way to show him how much I loved him. And now (laughs) I look back and I've always wondered why they kind of fell flat for him. I thought maybe he just didn't believe what I was saying or... Or maybe the words I was saying were nothing new to him, so no particular response. But the flatness I felt was because he wasn't identifying those words of affirmation as my expressing my love for him. He appreciated them, but not as a way of me expressing my love for him. So, don't assume you know. And I do think sometimes they change over the course of your marriage. I will still express words of affirmation because I think we all need them. I just know now that they aren't doing for him what I thought they were doing, and that's okay. So ask your spouse, give him the five languages if you've never talked about this before, and ask him, what do you love? What do you need? How can I show you that I love you? And then listen. Don't assume. And then always remember, whether we are telling our spouse what we love most about the way they can show us their love, or if they're telling us that we serve in freedom. Love is about choice. It's not because someone said, hey, this is what I want, now go do it. We've had that in our marriage, where I will say, hey, I need you to go do this, please. And he'll go do it. And I'll know he just did it because I got mad about it or I really demanded it. It wasn't an act of love, except maybe it was because he had to put up with me not being nice about it and he didn't complain about it. He did it. So just remember, when you show acts of love for your spouse and when they do it for you, it should be out of freedom. And it may not be on your timetable and it may not be what you see as an act of love. So what happens when our spouse isn't hearing our communication of love? I found this quote in um, the Five Love Languages book very interesting. And it goes like this. People tend to criticize their spouse most loudly in the area where they themselves have the deepest emotional need. Their criticism is an ineffective way of pleading for love. If we understand that, it may help us process their criticism in a more productive manner. So, when your husband comes home from work and he gets on his phone, your nagging and criticizing him for being on his phone is, in your way, although ineffective, your way of trying to tell him, hey, I would like your undivided attention. I would like quality time with you. But he doesn't hear that because you're not saying it. You're just nagging and criticizing him. So rather than nag and criticizing him, tell him, I feel rejected when you're on the phone instead of present with me. And he may or may not get it the first or the 10th or the 20th time you say it. He's just on his phone for whatever reason, but we make it mean, oh, he doesn't love me because I've told him I don't want him to be on his phone. But we need to communicate to him that we need his undivided attention. 
And we do that in a neutral way, in a neutral time. Rather than when he comes home and he gets on his phone and we start off on the criticizing and the nagging. Find a different time. Help him understand that a way he can show love to you is by giving you his undivided attention. He may or may not comply. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you if he doesn't comply. So that's where love languages can get to be dangerous. When we have expectations that our spouse will know and speak our love language, or when we make demands that he do something that we need in order to believe he loves us. Because when we make demands, when we tell him this is the way I need to feel loved, we put blinders on to any other way our spouse shows his thoughtfulness, his kindness, his generosity, his patience, and his love. Many, many men feel like the way they show love to their spouse is by getting up every day and going to a job they may or may not like. They don't understand why that's not enough for their wife to see that they love her. So communication and being careful that we don't demand love in a certain way. We will almost always be disappointed. So I had a client whose love language was words of affirmation. Well, her husband did not grow up in a home, similar to my husband, where there were many words of affirmation. In fact, he grew up in a home with a critical father and an atmosphere of, you should just know I love you. So he wasn't in the habit of giving words of affirmation to his wife. His love language was acts of service. He felt love from others that way, and he did things for others with amazing generosity, and through those acts of service, he was expressing his love. But his wife was unhappy and felt unloved because he didn't give her words of affirmation. So in my coaching session with her, she expressed her sadness that her husband didn't show her love. And when I pointed out some acts of service she had told me he had done, I asked, doesn't that show you love? He helped out around the house. He helped with the children. And yet she didn't see that as communicating love because she was so focused on her needs of words of affirmation. She completely missed what he did do because she was so focused on what he didn't do. And to me, that's where the concept of love languages can be dangerous. When we're so tied to our love language of choice that we completely miss our spouse showing his love language. I do think, as I mentioned before, that we should talk with our spouse and express what ways we most feel loved and make requests. But if they don't do what you request, find other ways that he shows you that he loves you. So I mentioned Michael's love language is quality time. Well, when we had six children in eight years, it was difficult for me to speak that love language with him. I was constantly with humans talking at me, touching me, needing me to care for them all day long. Don't get me wrong. I loved being a mom. But finding any more of me to give to him was difficult. And 
I was the youngest of three in my family and the only girl. So I grew up alone most of the time and with no one around all day long. So when I had all these children and they were around me all day long, quality time, it was already difficult. I had to make the conscious decision to give him what he needed as often as I could, even when it was a sacrifice to do it. And I know that sounds bad, but that was love. And I also know that I did not give the love language he needed as much as he really needed. I just couldn't do it. Sacrificing what we want and need to give love to our spouse in the way they need it as much as possible is critical. And also communicating. I love you. I know that you need quality time with me. I'm sorry. I am exhausted. But during those lean years when I wasn't showing him love the way he really wanted to have it the most, he learned to see the other ways I was showing him love. Mainly acts of service in raising and loving our beautiful children and in keeping our house relatively neat and tidy. I also praised him a lot, which I mentioned. (laughs) And I thanked him for all he did for us. And he did appreciate it. Again, not his first love language, but he looked for love from me rather than demanding love a certain way. Now with all the children gone, quality time honestly is still a little difficult for me, but much easier to do. We both work from home, so we're with each other all day. But I'm learning that although it's time together, it's not the quality time that he needs. And so I'm growing and I'm learning, even at my age. So last year for Father's Day, I gifted him outdoor furniture for our deck, just two little rockers and ottomans. And many nights we go out and say the rosary together or we take the dog for a walk and say the rosary together. That's quality time that we both appreciate. I know he's listening to this, so I just want to make sure that everyone knows Michael's always been very good at showing me love in almost every way. Before we were married, he sent me flowers for three weeks leading up to our wedding day. Not every day, but every week. And my mom said, he'll be spending his last nickel on flowers for you. And throughout our years, (laughs) sometimes I think he did. There have been different times when for one reason or another, the flowers stopped. Or the, you look lovely on our way out to church, stopped. Or even the cleaning up around the house, stopped. Many years ago, when those flowers stopped, I spent months thinking about why he stopped. Didn't he love me anymore? I don't think he loved me anymore. He doesn't love me. He's not giving me flowers anymore. He used to give me flowers every week. He'd go to Sam's, get the groceries, and a dozen roses. And then he stopped. And then he stopped saying, you look lovely. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm not lovely anymore to him. And all I had to do was say, hey, you know, I love when you bring me flowers. Or I miss hearing you say I look lovely. Do I? And of course, he said, I love you. Yes, I'm sorry. He's human. Life got in the way. And he stopped his habits of showing his love. But that's human nature. 
And so did I stop the habits. And so will you and so will your spouse. Don't make it mean anything. Just have a conversation. Talk to each other. Make requests without expectations. Ask him what he needs to feel your love and look for other ways that you may be missing that he's showing his love for you. All right, everyone, please, 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 would you please leave me a podcast review on Apple? It really does help when someone types in anything about marriage or motherhood. By the way, did you notice I changed the name? Finding Joy in Marriage and Motherhood? Um, Anyway, it really helps when people can read reviews and see the stars. It's not for my own pride that I want to see them. In fact, I'm quite humbled by things that you say. Um, But it's for Apple to say, oh, this is an interesting podcast that we'll show to people who search for podcasts for marriage and motherhood. So I would love and appreciate if you would leave podcast reviews on Apple. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great week. If your children are home for the summer, I'll be praying for you. Remember, in your mind, what do you want to say and think and feel in August about the summer? What do you want to think and feel about your summer in August? Use that thought now to create the feeling and the actions that will create that summer for you. All right? Okay, everyone, have a great week. Take care. If you like what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you'd subscribe, leave a review, and share with friends. Thank you. Have a great week.